Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast where Chelsea are through to the Carabao Cup semi-finals. Oh, it was stressful, but it was deserved. Joining me to look back at a wonderful night at Stamford Bridge and ending or temporarily breaking her Chelsea hoodoo curse, it's Miss Jessica Flotter. Jess, how are we doing? Um, better now with the result. I don't know exactly if we can consider it like a complete break in terms of the curse, but at least like a suspension right? Because we made it through. So I'm taking it. Um, as always, I'm very happy to be here and, and thank you for having me on. Yes, it's always, always a pleasure. Uh, as always, do guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So just tell people where they can find you and all your ramblings on Twitter. That's exactly right. Just rambling. So if you want to talk with me about Chelsea and, you know, I'm always open for that. It's at J underline Frota. So it's J-E underline F-R-O-T-A. Lovely stuff. Jess's link will be in the description below. Uh, just before we break down the game, um, I thought for a large part of that game, I'm thinking this is a game I have kind of seen before from Chelsea and it's unfortunately going to play out that way. We are in control of that game. We dominate without probably testing their goalkeeper enough and we are behind due to an error. Um, but we obviously know what happened. We obviously know that we get that late equaliser and we go on to win on pens. Uh, Jess, we'll, we'll break down, you know, the game, etc. in a bit. But I just thought at the end of the day, you know, that was thoroughly deserved. I don't think and Newcastle can really have any qualms about the way that that game played out. I think Chelsea deserved to go through and justice prevailed and they did go through. And I think a lot of character was sort of shown that they did keep persevering. And eventually, you know, required a bit of luck, but they did get that break and they did take it. But just thoughts? Um, thoughts in the overall game? Or just my emotional yeah. roller coaster. Oh yeah, both. <laughs> um, both. I actually, <laughs> I actually, I was, I was quite optimistic before, um, before the game happened. 
I felt like we would win. I don't know why I had this like two, two, one win in my head. So I thought, okay, we'll get two nil and then they'll score. And then we'll go crazy thinking we'll concede at the last minute, but we'll manage to get through. I had this whole scenario played out in my mind, but I was optimistic. Um, and then, you know, very early on, I think one minute Caicedo gets a yellow and I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those games. Um, so it, it was a lot of mixed emotions. I think throughout the game I was talking with, and I, I asked um, for his his opinion a lot, as you probably know, I was talking with Sam, uh, so CFC Central throughout the game because I was pulling my hair out. I was so, um, <laughs> I was so just like genuinely angry about the tactics, about the way that we were playing because we did dominate in terms of the possession of the ball, but it felt like there was no urgency at times and it was almost like chaotic, maybe because we didn't really have fullbacks or it, it just felt like rushed and we didn't really have a plan to calm things down and to actually build. It was like sideways or back. I was just very stressful, stressed and I kept annoying Sam and he kept trying to make me think clearly. So it was actually quite good that we got to talk because otherwise I would be here just screaming because I was very, very angry actually throughout the game. I, I don't know if that's the opinion of the majority of the fans, but I was just so annoyed throughout the game and I will say I like the the subs I think Bob you know he decided well on the players um particularly with Ian I felt it was uh very very late on I I I think he could have come on and should have come on a lot sooner but but yeah we managed to find that goal and in terms of just the atmosphere and what the win means means I think it's massive right we have a young squad and this collective win together um, it helps with the mentality. It helps to, to, to build character and it can be huge going forward. People will say, Oh no, it's just a win. We didn't win anything like in terms of the trophies we're going to, but you know, as again, it's a, it's, it's a very young squad. And just, um, if you ever played a sport, you, you know how much moments like this build character and just the bond between the players and players and managers and all of that. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm incredibly happy now. Um, but I was very, very stressed throughout the whole game, pretty much. Yeah, indeed. And look, just having a quick look at the stats, Chelsea 0.9 XG to Newcastle 0.69. Um, 15 shots to their four, four shots on target to their two. As you mentioned, yes, we had a lot of possession, 78 to their 22. And accurate passes, 776 compared to 169, seven corners to their one. As I said, it was very dominant from Chelsea. It was just annoying uh, that, you know, the evening was so stressful. Jess, let's start there. As I said, when Chelsea go 1-0 down, I'm just going, oh, Chelsea, you really are the masters of your own downfall. It is just a collection of errors. And I think it just sums it up that Chelsea are on the attack in a dangerous position. And then about 15, 20 seconds later, they find themselves 1-0 down. Levi Cole plays a poor pass uh, back, but, you know, overhit, misses Caicedo. Callum Wilson matches onto it. He's running at Thiago Silva. Badia Shield initially does well, stepping across, uh, you know, makes tackle, but then sort of, for whatever reason, decides, you know, to try and be clever with it or try to, you know, be smart with it. Uh, Bull bubbles sort of, you know, off his other foot and then Wilson is through and he slots it past Petrovic. Just at that point in time, I mean, what are you thinking? Are you just going, oh God, here we go again. This is just the same old, same old. Because it it was just, it did at that point just have, make you go, oh, it could be one of those evenings because it was just so frustrating that Chelsea shot themselves in foot and, you know, made the, the task you know, a lot harder for themselves. 
yeah, I, I, at, at that moment, I wasn't really decided. Like I hadn't really decided on what I actually felt was going to happen because we kept dominating and we kept almost, we kept creating and missing it. You know, it, it, it was like we missed something, right? We missed a little bit of directness, incisiveness, but we were there. So at moments it felt like, okay, we can score. We're going to score. Maybe if when Cuckoo start playing, we can find a goal, uh, you know, but on the other hand, it kind of has a flashback of the things that we've been seeing throughout uh, the years and um, the last couple of years where it just felt like this again, you know, we're shooting ourselves in the foot again. Um, I think Pochettino said that we are fighting against ourselves. Like we are our own worst enemies and that's exactly what happened in the beginning of the match. And I, I think there was a point throughout, I, I think in the middle of this, of the second half that Simon Johnson tweeted, oh, they, uh, Newcastle are winning 1-0 from their only shot on target. And I mean, that's incredibly frustrating, right? So it's like we are doing things right, but it's almost like there's something missing, right? Either individual errors or, or particularly in attack, there's just that final thing missing. There were moments where, um, like Broya could have could have sh- um, could have shot, and he didn't. And Sterling um, Rez, who's supposed to be our most experienced player, was nowhere to be seen, making stupid, silly passes all the time, and trying to to find a penalty. You know, diving all the time. Connor um, dived it at the end, and so those little things kind of stress you up, I think. Um, but one thing, it's not exactly what we're talking about. But I, because I'm ranting. I will say that one thing I like to see I uh, was just the togetherness because I, I feel like if we're talking about the past season, we wouldn't have fought until the very end. And we did, you know, almost like through sheer um, willingness to find a goal, but we did, right? So that for me, it's mental toughness. And also the moment where Bruno um, had that foul, uh, foul on, on Ian Madsen just the way that Mudrik stepped up to, you know, almost protect that, that little bit of um, rawness that we were missing, I think, last season. And, and today, that, that was the main takeaway for me, this, just the, the willingness to fight and to, you know, until the very end and to come back. That is mental a toughness that we didn't have before. Yeah, no, agreed. I said, I think Chelsea did, you know, respond fairly well to, to go in behind, obviously, in the in first half, Conor Gallagher hits the crossbar. That's obviously probably Chelsea's best chance. Raheem Sterling has a shot blocked, or you know, by Bruno Gimaraes that you know would have been would have been going in. Um, you know, again, there were so many you know potential opportunities for that game to go wrong in that first half. Enzo Fernandez goes off after thirty minutes, I believe. Was it illness? I think that's what they said on on commentary there. They you know wasn't was was feeling unwell. Levi has to go off at half time. Um, you know, there was a lot of opportunities for that to just go wrong and you know there was a part of me being on oh, Newcastle you know we've seen tell this poor Chelsea go one nil down you know they huff and they puff then Newcastle get a, a, a sucker punch you know second late on but that didn't happen um said in that second half Jackson and Broya at moments linked up quite well or Jackson you know drags that shot narrowly wide I said Sterling forces a, a good save from from Dubravka um and I said Jess there was obviously a really frustrating moment when Christopher Nkunku, who is subbed on, Sterling has an opportunity to play him, play him in it and doesn't. That, you know, just adds to it. But Jess, let's, I guess we'll, you know, move again on a bit and look towards the subs. Obviously, I think the first, the first few subs we mentioned are, are enforced. Um, and Kunku comes on for Jackson, last 20 minutes. 
But I think the big one, and maybe you know one ones that really do change the game, Mudrick for Sterling, Martin for Dizazi, Jess McCullough Mudrick. I mean, you know, that was some impact. He'd gone quite quiet after those, you know, a couple of weeks against Fulham and Arsenal. He'd been he'd been pretty quiet and he'd been frustrated, but that felt quite big for him. And obviously, you know, we're going to the pens as well, but that felt like a really big, big cameo from him. And, you know, just that what that can do for his confidence forward. He obviously bags the equaliser, scores in the shootout. His cameo for Ben Chat was a real, real big, big, uh, big, big impact on the game, wasn't it? Yeah, it felt like a, a really big moment for him. Um, he's still very young and rough around the edges, but we all know the the quality is there. He's very quick. Um, he he's finishing and shooting is great as we saw, and just the willingness. He wants to succeed. He wants to 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 fight for for the club, to fight for his future, and. He wants to be the best that he can be, and, and that can go a long way. And obviously, the fact that he's still young helps with the patience. And, and we as fans, I think we, we have to know that, you know, you know, he needs to be polished. And so we need to have a, a little bit of patience with him. And I think that's why a lot of the fans already have more patience with him than a lot of the more experienced players is because you know that he needs to have those moments. Um, so hopefully he can you know, get a, a consistent run of games. I think he was playing for four games in a row, if, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. So that's that's important as well. Um, but I would say it was also a big moment um, for 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 Gusso, um, but also for 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 Pac. I think um, in 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 the idea of the fullbacks. Obviously, he is not playing for center backs because he wants to. I don't think that's the case, but. It is a little bit disheartening in terms of the lack of trust that he has on, on Ian Madsen and, and also the fact that Gusto was probably not fit enough to, to play the, the 90 minutes. But it, it might give us, us, give us a, a, glimpse, a glimpse of, of what we might see when we do have our fullbacks fit again. And, and that's a positive to take, I think, also for the future in terms of, of having the players fit. Um, and, and the same can be said about Nkuku. I, I was one that was very, very frustrated with the way that Enzo was playing in terms of the position that he was playing or being asked to play more as a number 10. And he is not that person. He needs to be closer to the centre-backs and dictating play and all of that. Um, and m- maybe the reason that he was doing that was because there was no Chukmenka, there was no Nkuku, and he felt Enzo would be the one to, to, that could best perform that role. And so we can discuss whether or not Pochettino should have uh, changed formations. And, and in my opinion, he should have. Um, but he kept his formation. And now we have Nkuku. So hopefully we won't see Enzo playing that role again. Um, so, you know, a lot of positives going forward. And you just got to hope those injuries um, stay, you know, get smaller and smaller, smaller in terms of the list that we have. Because right now I think we have 10 players injured. I mean, that was before the game. So I don't know what happened with Levi Collow and, and with, um, Enzo, either it was like a, a, a fool or a bug and didn't do well, or if they were injured, I don't think we have a confirmation yet. So we have to wait that. Yeah, just obviously, you know, I think the, the Zazi for, for Martin switch is, is quite big because it, you know, brings Gusto onto the right-hand side. And, you know, it's no real fool to Zazi, but he's a centre-back, you know, playing at playing at right-back. And, he, you know, he's perhaps not as not as dynamic as, as you get from, from the full-backs. And, you know, he did put a nice cross in in box at one point and he did his best you know he he serviceable but it did you know it was noticeable but essentially gusto down the right you know causes causes that that equalizer and he caused you know trouble trouble as well earlier on we see uh, a ball from mudrick and there's gusto at the back post and livermento sort of 
you know, tries to goes to clear and heads it and nearly heads it straight back into to Conor Gallagher's path. It just goes out for a corner and then Gusto's the one who puts that that delivery in that the Trippier messes up for for um Modric mm-hmm. to tap home. Certainly to feel the gusto on the right. And granted, yeah, as you said, I don't think Poch really would have been wanting to play him for for, for a whole half of football, but that was just unfortunately the circumstance he was in, but that just felt big. And Jess, I would say, you know, granted, I I think, you know, maybe the, the game changed when Newcastle went one up, but it, I thought it was quite nice, but I thought Chelsea were actually pretty defensively solid for the second game in a row, even if there wasn't, you know, the opposition didn't show that much attacking intensity. Petrovic only sort of had, you know, that one save to make, and that was that shot save from, from Almiron from a really tight angle, you know, in in added time. I thought that was quite encouraging for the second game in a row. That, that that we look quite good defensively again. Yeah, I think um, outside of the goal, I think Thiago was incredible. I mean, obviously he 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 made a mistake on, on the goal that we conceded, but I think he was phenomenal throughout the game. Um, you know, you're playing for a centre back. It, it's it, it's kind of hard, I think, to analyze because I could see little silly things that Levi did, little silly things that Buddy Ashula did, but I think Connor was actually a, a, a you know. Very, very important in the in, in the way that we set up defensively. I think Moises Caicedo was was great. Um, he did have that yellow in the in the beginning, but I think he was fantastic. And the solidity in midfield for for me was what allowed us to be that solid defensive. Put together with obviously the fact that Newcastle didn't have a lot of the players, um, and you know they they like to utilize the wings a lot. And the fact that we had center backs there, I, I was a little bit. Um, concern with Desazi and, and Gordon actually having to face one-on-one, but Desazi actually did really, really well defensively in this game. As you pointed out, he is not a right back. Um, so he, the only problem was offensive, you know, offensively and not having that, you know, overlapping full fullbacks and, and all of that. But I think defensively he was very, very solid. So again, a positive to take forward. Um, it, it is so hard to judge anything because when it comes to our defense, we have so many injuries, um, but we can only hope that we're moving in the right direction. And as I say this, um, ES, ESPN from, from Argentina actually saying that Enzo Fernandez ha- has, um, has a problem, a groin injury, and he has been playing through said injury for a couple of weeks now. So we have to, to wait on that. Uh, Jess, you still mentioned Conor, Gall- Conor Gallagher and his game by numbers being Newcastle, 142 touches, 105 passes completed, nine duels won, six touches in the opposition box, four shots, three out of three tackles won, two out of two take-ons completed, and he did score his penalty. I mean, that was, you know, aside from, you know, uh, you know, going down easily for, you know, looking for a penalty, um, that was maybe a bit lucky potentially not to to get a book of thought. I thought he was outstanding and obviously takes about yellow at the end, you know, to, to break up any potential Newcastle attack. Um Jess, obviously, you know, since we, the last pod, the, you know, there was, again, the briefings that came out on Monday that Chelsea are, are willing or open to, to send Colin Gallagher. You know, we obviously know Poch likes him. But again, just based on performances like that, reg- I think regardless of what people feel about Colin Gallagher, it just feels so bizarre that Chelsea, are con- you know, that it is supposedly a consideration when you see him put in a performance like that again, which is starting to become the norm with him this season for Chelsea. Yeah, it's absolutely bizarre. Um, For me, there's there's no other reason that it's not like a financial reason, maybe the fact that he is from the Academy and, you know, the whole pure profit thing, either that or the fact that maybe the sporting directors had this vision of a midfield three of Caicedo, Enzo and Lavia, and they want to stick to that no matter what, which if that's the case, and I hope it's not, it is just a very, very 
silly and <laughs> it makes no sense because you know you're gonna have players that surprise you and when you have a player that the manager obviously considers integral to the way that we play and to the way that he wants to play um it, it is a, it's, it's very very strange and I know he is a player that is very uh divisive among amongst fans um some people I think overrate him some people underrate him I think he is a solid player I think you can question whether or not he should be in starting 11, depending on the formation that you, you know, adopt or, or whatever in your personal opinion. But the, the fact of the matter is the manager highly rates him. He's one of his captains, as he said, he's playing every game, you know, in the starting 11 for the way that Pochettino wants to play. He is a, a fundamental piece. So if you are a sporting director and you have a manager that you're saying you support and that you want to take you forward and take your your project forward and 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 you you know if, if that's the manager that you want in the long term it makes no sense that you are completely just not taking into account his view of of the of a player that he really wants to keep and uh, you know this is not you know talking about a player a manager wanting a specific player and the sporting director saying okay i will give you a player of certain characteristics but not the one that you want and going out and getting a different player as we saw in we, we still see um throughout a lot of clubs we saw a lot with um Klopp and Edwards Michael Edwards you know we're talking about a player a player that we do want we already own that player the manager loves him and he wants to play him whether or not you personally as a fan rate him don't rate him you know whatever it the, you know the manager wants to keep him so it, you know that 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 thing of oh back the manager back the manager so let's back the manager because if the manager wants to say the player wants to say and you're not keeping the player it doesn't really make sense to me um unless he is the only way that you're going to get funds and that you need to have those funds so the only reasoning for me is it has to be financial. Yeah, as I said, the, you know, and also if it has to be financial, then, you know, maybe Chelsea, you know, you look to to ship off other players or who knows, maybe you you stop your your spending in certain areas. But yeah, as I said, and Conor Gallagher completely justifies Maurizio Pochettino's faith in him near enough every single week with that performance. Again, a p- proper captain's performance leading by example. You know, it was just an absolute brilliant night. From Connor, Jess. Let's get to the penalties because the beauty of penalties it, it gives you an opportunity. If you know, gives an opportunity for heroes to be made. Obviously, you know Chelsea score their first penalty with Cole Palmer, and uh, Callum Wilson then responds for Newcastle. Um, Chelsea score their second with Connor Gallagher. Trippier steps up uh, and has a and misses. It kind of just sums up. I feel I, I you know I have to wait and see this, but I feel Kieran Trippier has had a, a couple of stinkers now at Stamford Bridge. Obviously, remembering that infamous uh, own goal he scored for Spurs, and yeah, okay. it was a difficult night for him. Um, Chelsea score, you know, their their third with Nkunku. Uh, nice for him just to get, you know, just get that ball in the back of the net and just you know, have a little contribution on the night. Uh, Bruno scores uh, for Newcastle and then Mudrick makes it 4-2 for Chelsea. And then Jess, Jordi Petrovic, who, you know, would not perhaps have been playing this if it was not for Robert Sanchez getting injured at Everton. But uh, three games into his his Chelsea career, he sort of, you know, that that's just like a such a feel-good moment for the young keeper. You know, obviously he came in with a bit of a reputation as a penalty specialist. I think he was the the quickest to to save five penalties in the MLS. Um, but just it's just like it just it really topped off like uh, you know just what a really a real feel-good night. But Jordi Petrovic, the young keeper who very there is a lot of hope for, 
gets gets his sort of first big moment in, in a Chelsea shirt. That was just such a really wonderful moment, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I had had watched Petrovic before, um, but I did do like a lot of research once we were linked with him, and I talked to a lot of people that had watched him, and everything they said was just incredible. So it made me really excited, and I have been wanting to see him play for for a couple of games now for a long time, but to, to be given that chance and to show what what he can do. Um, and I think he did really well. Um, again, it's I, I think it's too early to make any sort of judgment. It would be very rash and, and hypocritical of me to say that I know everything about the player. But I'm liking what I'm seeing. I think he proved today that he's a penalty specialist, and not only by the penalty that he did save, but just the way that he positioned himself, the way that he waited until um, you know the player actually touched the ball to make the jump, and the way that he read the player, the you know looking at at their feet it was just great to see so I'm excited um, I, I hate injuries any sort of injuries so I, I, I hate that um, um, Sanchez is injured for that reason um, but I am excited that that Petrovic is going to be having a chance and and as you say for such a young young player again um, moving from the MLS to in my opinion the best league in the world you know a huge huge jump and and having to to be the starter already in, in Premier League games uh, this can be a moment in terms of, of that mentality aspect to have more, even more confidence to, to build. And hopefully it will translate in the, in the Premier League in our next game as well. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just obviously, just you know, a nice moment for this for this group to group to have at Stamford Bridge. They've obviously, you know, had that they had that you know away win against Spurs, and I'm you know I'm not, I'm going to stop saying against nine man Spurs. It was still still a win. They and they've come close to those sort of you know results at Stamford Bridge. The draws against Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City. There's been a lot to like about them, and I know people go, "This was a draw, and we won on penalties." But you know, it this time we you know we progressed to the next round, people. So I'm you know I'm very much counting that as win. But it was just nice as well for this group. Just to have sort of that moment at Stanbridge, that can hopefully be a real big moment, just sort of for Pochettino and this group, because it also it's sort of the first, you know, this obviously goes to a penalty shootout. That's you know the first sort of situation, you know, they've experienced that with Poch, and they they passed that, and you know the those penalties were very very nice to watch. They're very very good penalties. Um, so I guess that was just you know that this can hopefully feel be like quite a big moment for this group. Yeah, 100%. And also um, with us recently, it almost felt like that old saying of one step forward, two steps back. So we would come off of a win and then you would, you know, the next game we would lose for one. So you would have that that feeling of, oh my God, we're not progressing. 
And as you say, it was a draw, but we made it through. We qualified and from the back of a win, hopefully it means that we are building some momentum and we can keep going. So in that sense, it, it, it's a huge, huge thing. Yeah, yeah. The Geordies were undone by by Geordie. Uh, credit to, to Nice Guy Kenny on Twitter for that one. And yeah, it means Chelsea are through to the semifinals of the Carabao Cup. They're not the only team through to the semifinals. Yeah, my, my NFL fancy teams are through to the... So that's nice. And I was thinking they were going to be the only teams through to a semifinal at one point tonight. So it was nice of Chelsea to join them. Um, but Jess, obviously, you know, the semifinals of the Carabao Cup, two games away from Wembley. And as I said, as we've seen this year, the tournament is very open. Fulham have gone to Everton tonight and one, which is probably good for us. I think we'd probably rather play Fulham than Everton. Obviously, Middlesbrough beat Port Vale and they're through. And obviously, we know there's Liverpool, West Ham uh, to go through tomorrow. Um, but Jess, you know, even if Liverpool go through, then you'd say Chelsea are, you know, perhaps second favourites. But if if Liverpool were to go out by West Ham, then you, you then you'd say maybe arguably Chelsea are perhaps, you know, favourites. This is presents a real opportunity now for Chelsea, doesn't it? Obviously, just how big is this for you? How excited are you that that Chelsea have got something to look forward to in January? We've got Carabao Cup semi final to look forward to, and Chelsea have got a chance. A silverware and obviously a potential through that a potential pathway into into Europe next season. Just you know how you know excited are you now that we've you know Chelsea have got through to a semi final? For me, is is huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, I don't think a single fan from Chelsea expects us to be fighting for the title in the the Premier League or anything like that, given where we currently are and the points that we do have. So, but we have this. Uh, we have the Carabao Cup and we have the FA Cup you know a, a chance to 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 play in Europe um so so and, and to make the season a success no matter what happens so if we manage to get silverware throughout one of the cups or hopefully both I mean you never know um and then find a, a consistent style of play having that identity and and stop being such an up and down uh club in terms of the way that we perform you know Winning and then losing, winning by 4-1 one game, losing by 4-1, just having that sort of consistency in the league. Um, and then having a cup, I would find this a very, very successful season. I don't think we should diminish um, the Carabao Cup at all. So, um, and, and also even more so because of how young the squad is, right? So just in terms of what it can do for us going forward in the future, uh, in terms of the way that we, uh, the players can start really believing in themselves and believing in the manager, you know, there are only positives. There's no negative. And even us as fans, all we want to see is 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 our club and our team lifting lifting silverware. So it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, indeed. The said there's, you know, the draw comes tomorrow. You know, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not going to say what I think will happen uh, or what could very much happen to to deflate mood. But yeah, Chelsea have got an opportunity now. To, to reach a Wembley a Wembley final that's always something to, to look forward to say so, yeah, it was just a wonderful night it was a, you know probably a night you know that just you know again helps improve the mood it, the mood has been quite quite down after what we'd seen sort of in the last few weeks with Newcastle away Man United away Everton away but since then two two games three points in the league progress in the cup you know Chelsea this is a run of fixtures that is an opportunity to really get some good feeling back and build some momentum forward but even if you know we don't see that happiness at Wolves at the weekend it's still Chelsea you've still got something to look forward to after Christmas and it just gives does give you as fans that bit more to to look forward to no so no it was a it was a successful night uh for Chelsea you know it was a it was a sort of stressful night 
but it was job done in the end and it was it was really really nice to see um so yeah a huge 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 night potentially for for this Pochettino and this this young squad and who knows how big this might be uh, looking back in time to come um but that's going to wrap it up for this episode of that Chelsea podcast this is also the last episode before Christmas so happy Christmas listeners as I said you're not I'm not recording a pod on Christmas even having the audacity to release it on Christmas day uh so this is the last pod before Christmas and we'll combine Wolves and uh Palace after then um, but I want to thank Jess for coming on it's very late notice um as people know Jess does not have the best record so I, I left it till after we'd want to to just you know try my luck and ask her and she and she uh, obliged so I'm very grateful for that uh Jess before you go give yourself one last plug where people can find you yeah I'm on Twitter at and I just wanted to thank you for having me on as, as always and also to apologize for my shenanigans and ramblings and all of that but I think you are used to it as well as the listeners um, so as always it was a pleasure really great to be here and you know I respect you because I, I say this a lot um, when we're not recording so I think everyone should know this so I'm saying it while we're recording it um, I respect you a lot as a human being I respect you a lot as a fan and you deserve every good thing in your life and you deserve a lot of success and for the pod to do incredibly well and to keep growing as I know it is growing and so it's a huge honor to be here it's a huge honor to have you still trusting me to to speak and rent and do all of this silliness that I do um I I highly appreciate it and I'm very very flattered so thank you awesome podcast uh, coming to you right there. Thank you, Jess, both for those very kind words. I said, Jess's Jess's links will be in the description below. As for us, we're on Twitter or X that Chelsea Pod. We're on Instagram that Chelsea Pod. We're on your your usual podcast platform, fives, Apple, Spotify, etc. When I tweet the pod, any likes and reposts go along way. And hey, people, let's let's really show this pod some love because Chelsea are through to the Carabao Cup semi final. Let's get this pod the love it deserves. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to leave a rating review. You can do that by by Spotify or or via Apple. Um, but yeah, have a good Christmas, folks. And Chelsea are through to the Carabao Cup semi-finals. But until the next episode, keep the blue flag flying high. Just leaving the bridge now. Thoroughly, thoroughly deserved. You know, you could say they tried to get a smash and grab. And in the end, we got the smash and grab. Conor Gallagher tonight, I reckon, covered every single blade of grass on that pitch. Magnificent. And it'd be criminal if we got rid of him. Also, I'd say Gusto going on the right, changed the game. Need to see more of that. Please, Poch. Thank you and good night. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.